0: Muddy FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The Bigger Picture with Ryan Huang. Money FM 89.3. Good morning and thanks for joining us on the Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danker, uh, Bharati Jagdish, and Ryan Huang with you. So, Ryan, apparently we were looking at Wall Street, but after so many days of records, they finally took a breather, retreating from all of those all time highs. What exactly are investors looking ahead to then? Yeah, was keeping them nervous, maybe? Could be the inflation data coming through from the Chinese side and the US side in the coming days. Of course, we've got a bit of a curtain raiser overnight with the producer price index numbers from the US. And that showed the PPI rising 0.6% in line of expectations. And if you look at wholesale prices, that jumped in October from a year ago. And that is the hottest annual pace on record in nearly 11 years. So clearly, you are looking at a couple of concerns. For example, wage pressures will be a risk for companies because this will mean higher labour costs eating into profits. And that could mean earnings being eroded. And there will be a big question mark how much of this will be passed on or can be passed on to consumers. To get the bigger picture, we have Matthew Quave He is the Head of Multi-Asset Investment Management for Asia at Fidelity International. Morning, Matthew. How are you doing today?
1: Good morning. Very well, thank you.
0: Matthew, let's dive into the inflation data. So we have a bit of a glimpse of what might be coming through. And we've been seeing this really becoming a concern for central banks, for consumers, and of course, prices across the board have been going up. What's your take on what the numbers are telling investors and what they should be doing?
1: Yeah, so we've got the releases of the US CPI later, and also some China data. and We do watch these quite closely. But What really matters is the trend and the surprise. And we've seen a lot of upside inflation surprise and actual downside growth supplies recently, which points towards a more stagflationary environment. However, we think that inflation surprise is likely peaking out here. And we do think that inflation will be more persistent at a higher level. But even when inflation is at a higher level, if it's falling, that can be a very good environment for equities. Why is inflation surprise kind of moderating? What's behind this? Well, We've seen the, the large ramp up in energy prices, and we've seen some of the supply elements coming through. And so really people are coming to get grips with where we are with the data. But some of these are transitory effects. Mm. Um, there's a mix of transitory effects and, and more structural effects coming through and so as those transitory effects roll off we'll see more structural higher inflation but that's more manageable from market yeah matthew
0: this is a good way to talk about your oil and energy outlook because a lot of the inflationary pressures have been blamed on supply chain issues as well as the rising costs of commodities especially oil where do you see oil going from here bearing in mind that opec plus decided not to
1: raise its um, supply any more than what it planned Sure. I think short term, there's still upward pressure. And so I think it's not quite right time to go in a contrarian view, especially going into a winter where if it was cold, a lot of pressure. We've even seen quite a lot of switching from gas to oil, increasing demand. But I think the first quarter could bring a different picture where shale supply comes on board. Mm. And generally, when the shape of the forward market or the futures market in oil is, as it is, and as extreme as it is, within six months, you get some relief.
0: Okay, something to watch out for. And of course, the shill equation also making things interesting. And what's worth watching as well is what happens in China because it's going through a lot of things, including a bit of an energy crisis and of course, COVID-19, where it is still focused on a Zero COVID-19 strategy Very different from what Many other countries are doing What's the price here Matthew When they have to Look at the economic picture How much of an impact Will this have If they continue To stick with A zero COVID-19 strategy
1: In the last year It hasn't been That much of a negative They've managed to operate Quite normally Domestically And keep the External Part of their economy Going I think With Delta variants And future variants Being more Infectious the price that you have to pay potentially increases because it's more difficult to control outbreak. And so I think 2022 will be a more challenging year than 21 to maintain that strategy. And they are likely to be thinking about reviewing it. But there are a number of implications such as the strength of the vaccine, the antibody levels, and things that will feed into this decision. So we wouldn't expect to change anytime
0: soon. Mm, we're to Matthew Quaife. He's the Head of Multi-Asset Investment Management for Asia at Fidelity International. Now, Matthew, talking about China, there is a lot to think about these days, including what's happening with China Evergrande, the property sector, and a lot around the theme of common prosperity. So looking at all these issues, what is your take on investing in China? Is this the right time?
1: It is, but selectively. I think when we look at valuations, it's now distinctly cheap versus the rest of the world, but obviously for a reason. Common prosperity has changed the calculus with which the government is acting. The key areas is to invest, I would say, with the government. So by that, I mean, they want to encourage the consumer. We think the Chinese consumer will be strong over the coming years, and they want to develop industries that can compete on the global stage, So by example, a medical innovation industry that can compete with the US biotech. So you need to pick your industry and be investing with the government where they recognize that profits are a good thing uh, that can help compete on the world stage.
0: Now, Matthew, when you talk about competing globally, where does this leave the tech giants, Tencent, Alibaba, and those likes?
1: Well, ultimately, when you, again, you can put some of these into the consumer bucket. So there are good run companies that are worth investing in over the long run but obviously over the short run there is uncertainty around policy which makes it quite hard to make short-term calls okay looking at another popular theme these
0: days of course with COP26 underway climate change a lot of focus on what's green how do investors play off this trend right now what's the best exposure or companies or sectors to get into to benefit from this fundamental change
1: I think this is a perfect area which shows that thematic investing is a very useful tool for the next decade. Traditionally, multi-asset investors have invested in U.S. equities, European equities, emerging markets. We can change the, the parameters and invest down different lines. And climate change is a perfect example of a thematic investment where we can invest in building insulation. If you do the calculation of the number of buildings that would need insulated in order to uh, achieve the goals, it's just huge. Um, electric vehicles supply chain, so everyone always watches Tesla, but if you watch, there, there's some really deep value further down the, the supply chain. The amount of copper that you need in order to electrify the world is just ginormous. And you've got to invest five to seven years before you, you get that copper supply, and there definitely isn't enough. And then alternatives, like solar farms and wind farms. So there's a whole array of fantastic investments for the medium term in, in climate change. It just takes investors just to think down a slightly different line to their traditional one.
0: Yeah, I guess look beyond the obvious, uh, a lot of opportunities across the value chain, insulation, EV, supply chains, copper, solar and wind alternatives. So a lot you can look at when you look at climate change investment plays. We've been chatting with Matthew Quave, He is the Head of Multi-Asset Investment Management for Asia Fidelity International. Matthew, great conversation and looking to have you back on again soon.
1: Thanks again, Matthew. Thank you very much. Have a good day.
0: Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.